The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, it's one thing to have a vision. It's another to manifest that vision. Our guest this week is Corrine McLaughlin, co-author of The Practical Visionary with Gordon Davidson and Spiritual Politics with a foreword by the Dalai Lama, as well as Builders of the Dawn. She comes to increase our consciousness about bringing vision to earth consciousness, into the practical, even the mundane. For today, we are in need of practical visionaries to help us through the tough issues the planet is facing, as they are the ones who create innovative solutions to our problems. Corrine is co-founder of the Center for Visionary Leadership in California and North Carolina. She directed a national task force for President Clinton's Council on Sustainable Development and is a fellow of the World Business Academy and the Finehorn Foundation. She's also a co-founder of Cyrus Community, a spiritual environmental center in Massachusetts and taught politics at the American University. And she offers trainings in visionary leadership and spiritual development around the United States and Europe. So welcome, Corrine, to the show today, and I'm um, so glad you're able to be here. Yes, well, thank you for having me. Well, Great. I wouldn't have missed this opportunity uh, if I could have helped it. <laughs> what is? Tell us today, what is a practical visionary? Well, to me, I think of a practical visionary as someone who has their eyes on the horizon, they see the vision, but their feet on the ground and their heart on fire for a better world. So they bring together the vision and the practicality. They bring together, you know, their, their dreams, their ideas, their inspiration with a practical step-by-step way to bring it into the world so it can really be effective and meet real needs today. Okay. So, so really uh, the vision that a person might have that might even erupt from their own soul can be planted firmly in the bones, so to speak, of living. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Okay. I've met so many so, vis- visionaries over the years who have wonderful visions, but they're just not so good at bringing it through into the world to meet real needs. And then I've also met people who are very practical and can get things done, but they don't have vision. They don't have a sense of where they're going for the future. So, so I like to bring the two together, and that's what I've done in my book, The Practical Visionary. Absolutely. I think that's a polarized uh, sort of earthbound identity, isn't it? We, we're either one or the other. We're practical or we're visionaries. We can't be both. Yeah. And I just let you know, we're having quite a rainstorm here on the roof, so if you hear a lot of background noise, it's the rain, and uh, hopefully yeah. you can still hear me okay. 
Yeah, I hear you fine. I'm sure our audience does too. So thank Great. you for bringing that up. All right. Can you give us some examples of how practical vision is working in our world today? Yes. Well, if we look around us, we see there are many solutions already being created by practical visionaries everywhere. And whether you're looking at, you know, problems with poverty, many people now know of the micro-enterprise loans that give small loans to groups of people in in developing world and even our own country, um, that basically they found that this is a more effective way rather than just give people money. Give them a small loan. Have them work together in a group of five and then when that loan is repaid, the next person in the group can get a loan. We've seen that there are solutions for uh, rising crime. Uh, there's what they call victor, uh, victim offender reconciliation, where you bring together victims and offenders. This is often uh, with a you know professional mediator, to, so that the victim can hear you know why me? Why did this happen to me? Um, and the offender can, you know, see the real human face on the pain that he or she caused. And they found that this kind of dialogue and often forgiveness happens can reduce crime significantly and, and uh, reduce repeat offenders. And then there's things like permaculture, which is a way to bring um, more of a conscious approach to the environment um, we find people that are seeing, learning from how nature does something, how everything is interconnected. And so they'll create even things like um, gardens in, in people's yards, front yards, edible landscape, they call it. They'll collect rainwater to water the plants if it's a dry place. They'll um, find ways that each aspect of the work can serve dual functions so that it isn't just one, um, one solution that they're approaching, but bringing them all together. Um, there's many, many in so many different fields. There's social investment, so that you're investing your money where your values are, and that's helped with creating more socially responsible businesses. Um, there are people that work with conflict resolution to find common ground and find mutual benefits, you know, understand the differences, but act on the commonalities. Those are just a few of some practical examples. I go in a lot more depth in my book, but I wanted Absolutely. to paint a picture of what some of the things, the work that's being done today around yeah, the world. And it, you know, one of the things that I'm really aware of as you're talking and as I read through the book um, is that these seem to be things where there's a joining. There's not a separateness. There's a joining together of forces, a joining together of minds, a putting together of pieces. There seems to be a union in all of these things that is, is um, um, evidence, I think, of sort of a, a connection that we're all having to make with each other in order to accomplish mutual goals. Yes, I think that's part of it is to really learn to understand each other. You might not have, you don't have to agree, but to find the connection, the place where they, you can create some mutual benefits, some common ground. And I find that that's where, you know, the overlapping areas in different fields is where the cutting edge is, say, psychology and economics, psychology and business, or where um, you bring together science and religion, um, 
all these different fields, the overlapping places, is where the connections are being made and new innovative ideas are coming out of this approach. Mm -hmm. I find that very exciting. Yeah. And that's how transpersonal psychology came to be, as a matter of fact. Uh, You know, more and more people in my field are beginning to recognize the spiritual component of psychological well-being and, and, and to speak to that, not not necessarily from the framework of any other religion, any particular religion, but but from the framework of a person's soul, a person's identity, a person's authenticity. So, yeah, so that yeah, it's happening everywhere, and I think that's it's beautiful that we are being able to get there. Yeah, you speak also in the book of a law of cycles. Uh, what do you what do we need to know about the law of cycles, and how does it help us to clarify our vision and its manifestation? Well, what I see happening in the world today, you know, all the time, we're going through different cycles um, in both current events and, you know, in our daily lives and all of it. And if we look at the bigger world picture, what we're seeing is that really is a new energy that's emerging everywhere. And I've been tracking it, finding examples of it. I call it the energy of synthesis. And it's a practical approach to life where it's bringing spirit into matter. It's bringing together our ideals with, you know, the real problems in the world to create solution. It's seeing that things aren't separate. It's an energy of synthesis. It's a, you know, many would call it the energy of the seventh ray, which is practical rhythm, practical magic, everyday magic. Um, and it's a way that we also are honoring our our whole selves, body, mind, and spirit, honoring our bodies. And that's why we see, you know, the holistic health movement has grown just exponentially in the last 20 years or so. We see um, the emphasis on the environment, taking care of our home, the earth. And that's really about bringing spirit into matter and honoring the interconnection of life. We see um, this energy of synthesis in things like hybrid cars, fusion music, um, uh, mashups, you know, how you bring together a little bit of mu- music or a video with a, some text, with, a, a, you know, a DVD, a clip from here and there, You're bringing them all together. You see holistic medicine and that brings together traditional medicine, and complementary, holistic approaches. Um, You see transpartisan politics going beyond right and left, finding common ground. There's many examples of this new synthesis that's emerging, and this is is a cycle we're in. Things are fusing and blending, you know, everything from genders to races, religion, um, you know, Disciplines in the academic community, as I talked about, the different fields of work are overlapping. This is, this is the world that we're entering. It's an interconnected, wired, multicultural, multidiverse world. And this is the cycle that we're in. So it's important yeah, to I recognize it. it so... and... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go <laughs> and go with it or, you know, you can resist it and create more problems in your life. Absolutely. And, you know, I find it so interesting that it's at this particular juncture, this cycle that we're in, in which so many are, are forecasting the doom of the world, 
you know, somebody you're talking about 2012 is the end of the world and some kind of doom and some kind of terrible events are supposed to occur. And, and, and yet there are so many other loving, brilliant and creative individuals and groups trying to create a new world. So uh, what do you make of that? Can you put those two pieces together? Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, what we're seeing in the world is there just are these changes of, things breaking down and new things growing, um, seeds of the new, the solutions emerging everywhere. And that's what I think is unfolding today. All right. All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk some more about that with Corrine McLaughlin. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Mark your calendar for the Institute of Noetic Sciences 14th Biennial Conference, Noetic 2.0, Tools and Technologies for a World Transforming, July 20th to the 24th at the Weston Market Street Hotel in the heart of San Francisco. Deepak Chopra, Edgar Mitchell, Joanna Macy, and others will help you navigate a world transforming. Registration is now open and space is limited, so sign up now to join the ION's global community in July 2011. For more information, go to www.noetic.org. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded 
by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research education and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. That's noetic, N-O-E-T-I-C, dot org. So, and today we're talking to Corrine McLaughlin about her wonderful book uh, that she co-authored with Gordon Davidson, The Practical Visionary, A New World Guide to Spiritual Growth and Social Change. And just before the break, we were talking about, uh, you know, there's so much going on out there, movies and talk about the end of the Mayan calendar and people uh, talking about the doom and gloom that's forecasted for the year 2012. And, and yet we've got all these other creative and brilliant individuals and groups trying to create a new world. And I was asking, well, how can you put those two pieces together? Yes, I think that's a very good question. And what I see is people forget we are creating our future right now in this moment. The choices that we make, the intentions that we have to create a better world and nothing is ever set in stone. I mean, I've seen so many different interpretations of the Mayan calendar. I think it was a way that, you know, we got people's attention, people who talked about the 2012, um, you know, crises possibly. But we're facing a lot of crises every day, depending on which part of the world you're in. Um, and, you know, whether it's environmental, economic, political, as we've just seen in Egypt, um, so many things are going on today, and what I see is that it's really up to each of us to keep creating a more positive future, and that's why I like to focus on what are some things that are already out there that can give people a sense of hope for the future of how things are changing and how we can co-create the future. We're a lot more powerful, each one of us, than we realize, and we have to see in our own neighborhoods, our own families, our own field of work, what's this, you know, a, a contribution we can each make? It may be a small step, it may be something bigger, but there's something each of us can do to move the world in a positive way. And sometimes it's as simple as smiling at someone. You never know how that might just have changed that person's whole day or their decisions they were making. You know, someone you don't know even on the street that's waiting on you in a store. Um, these small things keep creating a more positive, friendly world, and I think that's what we need to do. It's often very simple, and that's why I like to encourage everybody to do what each of us can do, each moment to moment, to be guided by our soul, our higher self, our inner wisdom, whatever you'd like to call it, but when our intention is to be more in touch with, you know, our greater wisdom, our, the greater love within us, then we can make a difference. We can keep day by day, moment to moment, do what's needed to bring about a better world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's such a great answer. I think that's really true. Um, you know, one of the things that you do in your book is you talk about eight different keys for uh, uh, being able to open up ourselves and our world to a more global consciousness and a uh, more evocative understanding of how we can contribute to the world. And uh, one of the ones that you talk about is called invoke, Invoking the Magic of Your Soul. And I think that one is one I want to pay just a little bit of attention to now because we all know that in order for us to be able to, 
to give to our world, we have to understand who we are as authentic beings and, and sort of be able to put that forth in the world genuinely. So you, you mentioned something about having a conscious make, consciousness makeover. Can you tell us what that means? Yes. Well, really it's about, um, as I said, being open to these higher dimensions within your own being so that it helps transform your consciousness. Consciousness is really about our perception, our view of the world, our values, the lens that we see the world through. And, you know, you can just do a little experiment yourself. One day, just see everything in a positive way. You know, expect the best. Um, hold a positive intention and, and see what kind of day you have. Then the next day, do exactly the opposite. <laughs> expect the worst. Be fearful. Be angry. Be negative. And see what happens. Just see the little things that happen in your life. Can't find the parking space, drop things, break things, uh, don't connect. You know, all those kind of things that happen in our daily life that are a reflection of what we're holding in our consciousness. So mm-hmm. in terms of helping to create a better world, a new world, which is already emerging everywhere if we have the eyes to see it, it's about kind of opening your eyes to what's already there and looking and focusing on some of the new emergent solutions and positive things. It's, it's like having a consciousness makeover is also about getting more clearly in touch with your higher purpose. You know, what am I here for? What can I contribute? What, what, is, what is the expression of my soul, my inner wisdom that I can contribute to the world? And so I think taking some quiet time each day to just listen inwardly. We get so busy, so outwardly focused. Just taking that quiet time to commune with our inner being, you know, listen to our hearts, listen to our soul, however you want to describe it. But I think that's the key thing is really that inner time of quiet that will help connect you to your soul and help you be more aware of, you know, your subconscious as well as your superconscious or soul. If we're aware of our subconscious, you know, all those aspects of ourselves that may sometimes kind of get in the way or sabotage our life and make friends with our subconscious. See it as our partner rather than something we have to subdue or shut up or push down. All it does is make things worse, (laughs) you know. Absolutely. And our subconscious is kind of our street smarts that has a lot of tools and experiences that can be helpful if we work with it more, more creatively. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another synthesis, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and you also speak of an evolutionary priority at this particular cycle that we're in uh, to elevate human consciousness from the waters of, emo- of the emotional plane. I'm using your words now to the fire of the mental plane. What do you mean by that and why is it important? Okay. I think that's in the whole context in which I was talking about it. It's like sometimes we can get overly focused emotionally, always having reactions to things, and how do I feel about this? You know, I either like it or I hate it, or I'm, you know, enthusiastic or I'm fearful. So it's being aware of our emotions, you know, the waters of our emotions, and how they're constantly changing and shifting, and often lead us into, you know, things that maybe we'd rather, if we'd been a little calmer in the moment, 
been able to make better decisions. And so when I talk about raising your awareness to the fires of the mind, it's like taking it up another step. There's a further step beyond that, which is to the soul or your higher self. But the mind can be a great tool. It can also be another block. It can also be a problem, you know, because we might have limiting beliefs about ourselves or about our world. You know, I'll never amount to anything. I'm no good. I can never do this right. You know, all those that negative self-talk that we do. So what we want to do is start positive thinking, positive talk to ourselves inwardly, and positive thinking about the world. That's why I recommend people get more mentally engaged and understand the bigger picture. Um, that's why I wrote The Practical Visionary, is to give people a real inspiration and also real examples, practical day-to-day examples of people creating solutions to our world. So if we focus more on that mental level and from that place invoke our soul, invoke our inner wisdom, ask for its help, that can really be a key to unfolding a better life for ourselves and and all of those whom we affect. Right, right. And, you know, I, I don't hear you saying in there that we need to... Uh, pretend that we don't have these emotions, but to recognize them and to maybe think through them instead of just reacting. Yes, exactly. And see how, you know, these often come from strategies that we developed in the past because they work for us as a child, you know, the temper tantrum, you know, or an adult version of that. Um, but they're no longer useful today. Uh, what we have to do is sort of evolve our emotional strategies that maybe work for us as a child or a teenager and and mature them so that they're more relevant and appropriate and useful for today and acknowledging them, acknowledging our feelings, loving them, embracing those parts of ourselves, but seeing how we can sort of infuse all aspects of our being with the light of our soul, with our highest self. That's what I see as the next step forward right right so okay so uh, and that kind of goes along with the idea of the age of Aquarius being you know uh, that idea of getting to the mental plane too so it moves us from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age where we're less emotional and more able to process emotions through our thoughts yeah exactly and through our soul I would say also absolutely you know yeah just as we um, you know our feelings tell us something about what's going on with our body, well, our thoughts can tell us something about what's going on with our feelings. And, Mm -hmm. you know, awareness is the key. Just acknowledging and then letting go. Just taking a few deep breaths. That's what awareness meditation or insight meditation is all about, is being aware, acknowledging, and then letting go. Saying, okay, I see these feelings there. I'm aware of them. I can even understand sometimes where they came from, you know, and yet it's not serving me today in this moment. So it's time to let it go and develop a better strategy, a more adult strategy for um, coping with my problems, coping with the world and with my life today. Right, right. And so we're not just surviving. We're doing so much more than that. We're offering uh, wholeness to our real lives so that we become more alive in that process. Is yes, that true? Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and you've you've talked a lot about meditation in our and today, and you also talk a lot about it in the book. And you offer meditational exercises um, that are specific to certain kinds of things, like clear inner guidance or discovering your vision and contribution to the new world, things like that. Um, in terms of meditation, uh, you've mentioned insight meditation. Um, and what was the other one? I know uh, mindfulness is one, but what was the other one? You said inside well, meditation. Well, I just used a number of words for the same thing, inside okay. or awareness. Um, and that's about being aware of what's going on and be, being fully present to what's unfolding in your consciousness and then letting it go so you can go deeper and connect mm-hmm. with this inner source of wisdom with your soul. And I also talk about creative meditation how we can be more creative in the way we use our mind so that we use like visualization in the quiet time of our meditation to visualize, say, um, greater health for ourselves, see ourselves being more radiant with vitality and energized and vital, Um, visualizing, oh, you can see like white light flowing through your body to help heal or any any places there are problems or create balance in your life in, in right. a particular aspect you have a stomach ache you have a sore throat whatever visualize okay. more light there see it as a healing energy to right. bring balance so we're going to close out right now for before the break and uh, we'll come back to that in just a few more minutes we'll be back with more from Corrine today and uh, Practical Visionary Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Mark your calendar for the Institute of Noetic Sciences' 14th Biennial Conference, Noetic 2.0, Tools and Technologies for a World Transforming, July 20th to the 24th at the Weston Market Street Hotel in the heart of San Francisco. Deepak Chopra, Edgar Mitchell, Joanna Macy, and others will help you navigate a world transforming. Registration is now open and space is limited. So sign up now to join the ION's global community in July 2011. For more information, go to www.noetic.org. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is also sponsored by the New York Open Center, which is dedicated to nurturing body, mind, and spirit through holistic learning and world culture. Workshops, classes, and professional trainings, trainings in the arts, holistic health, spiritual inquiry, psychology, and more are offered daily. Faculty this season includes Elizabeth Gilbert, Julia Cameron, and Odia Judith, and Thomas Moore, to name just a few. Visit www.opencenter.org to see all that's available at the Open Center, as well as their newly created online opportunities. And today, we're talking to Corrine McLaughlin about her book, The Practical Visionary. And uh, just before the break... Um, we were talking just a little bit about meditation and how to, you could use meditation for your own consciousness exploration. So I want to let you finish that up before we move on to the next idea. Yes, well, I was talking about how not only self-awareness, you know, being present in the moment and being aware of what's going on in your own consciousness, you know, negative feelings, negative thoughts you want to change, letting go of them, but also being aware of how you can create your future, how you can use tools like visualization to create healing in your own body, to create healing in our world. Um, I've been involved with a number of meditative efforts, and in fact, many of us now are even doing these things by phone, teleconference, and over the Internet, using Skype and GoToMeeting and various tools to link up together and to hold a positive meditative intention for, say, peace in the Middle East or for healing our environment and um, holding a sense of a clear intention and a clear uh, visualization um, of how we can direct light, the light of our own being, the light from our soul into these places that need our help and support and to create more positive energy, to help create this new world that we've been talking about and that I write about in The Practical Visionary. So meditation can be an incredible tool for it. I think of anything I've learned over the last 30 years that has been helpful in my own growth, it's been a daily practice of meditation, just taking that quiet inner time to commune with, to have a conversation with my own inner essence, the wisdom, the love within me, and within each of us. We can contact that. If we take some time, to even five minutes a day each morning can be helpful. Absolutely. And one of the things I find that's so helpful about it is it sort of gets you in that mindset of turning inward instead of, and I, by that I don't mean withdrawing, I mean turning inward for guidance, yeah, uh, exactly. for information, for wisdom, for love, for all that you need, all the resources you need for that day. It sort of gets you in that mindset, and I could not agree more. I think that that time set aside is such... Uh, yeah, all the every change that I've had in my own conscious experience has come about as a result of making contact with that part of myself. So yeah, exactly. And to just know yeah, that so, within each of us, yeah. 
Absolutely, it is. It's in every one of us, and we have to go looking for it because we haven't been taught to look for it, but we and, do. You know, but, and, but it is there for us. And science today is—they've done all these tests. How uh, science is, is proving that meditation really alters our brain and mm. creates enduring gamma waves, which relate to happiness and <laughs> relates to they, they're studying meditators. Uh, Professor Davidson, I think at the University of, I believe it's Wisconsin, um, has been doing tremendous work, and many others, on seeing the connection between, you know, again, using science to show the effectiveness of things like meditation and spiritual practices that have been around for millennia. But to me, that's very encouraging because it reduces stress. It helps, you know, if you have heart problems or if you have any kind of um, illness, meditation can help with reducing the stress, creating a state of calm in your body that can be very effective, very healing for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, and in that same vein, I mean, what we're talking about here is a kind of meditation that goes within without judgment, and you also speak of karma in the book, and among other refining definitions, you call you say it's a powerfully attracting or repelling force. So I want to talk about this for just a second, because there's so many of us who are right at this minute judging ourselves because we're repelled or just don't like a given situation, person, place, or thing. And we think we've, we, we've been taught, most of us have been taught, particularly in the Western religions, that we're supposed to like everything and not judge anything. And so we don't discern and uh, we don't really know how to use these repelling and, and attracting forces within us. So can you speak to that for just a minute? Well, just to remember that karma is really about the law of cause and effect. You know, we set causes into motion, and they come back to us in one form or another. Um, in the mainstream press, they call it poetic justice or blowback, right? I mean, it's operating all the time, and the key thing is to be more conscious about it, about the effects, the, the, the causes that we're putting into motion right now that will create effects later in our lives, maybe instant or it may be long-term, and to remember that karma is both positive and negative. So to be aware that, you know, good karma is like um, blessings in the bank, you know, our karmic bank account. <laughs> um, it will attract to us the good. It will attract to us positive things. Likewise, if we're setting into motion a lot of negative karma, sooner or later, these things will come back to us as well. And so it's really about taking responsibility for our lives. And I think this is why people find it hard to always accept this idea because there's no one to blame. You know, we have to really take responsibility for our own lives and what we're, we're setting into motion. Now, it's not to say that you can find yourself in the middle of group karma as well and some very unpleasant things that may not have directly related to something you personally have done but whether it's your group, your nation, you know, whatever, um, your family even, there is, you know, group karma that is working out in the world as well. And the, the whole purpose is not to punish us if it's negative karma. It's rather to educate us so we'll know not to do the same thing again, to change our patterns, our negative patterns, so we'll have more positive results. And just being willing to learn the lessons both individually and 
collective lessons from events that we see in the world today. (laughs) Our last book was Spiritual Politics, Changing the World from the Inside Out. Uh, The Dalai Lama wrote a foreword to it, and it's really all about applying the ageless wisdom to current events and public policy and looking at collective events as the outworking of collective karma. And that is... And that book is still in print. It's been out there for many years and I think was really kind of pushing the envelope to help people see the relationship between what's going on personally and the collective collective events in the world. Mm-hmm. So I guess that whole concept gets people thinking about how they could uh, uh, sort of self-correct. Um, and that applies, I guess, to the powerful attraction action and repelling force, but we could go into that and talk about that for hours. So let's move on. I want to make sure that uh, your readers know that this book is out there for them to read. It's a really uh, detailed and um, very wise journey to, through the various keys to um, raising consciousness and uh, giving to the world from that, from that raised consciousness. So I want to encourage that. You talk in the book a little bit about, um, oh, not a little bit actually, you talk about um, the uh, five stages of spiritual development. And we don't have a whole lot of time, but I just want to mention those and, and, and talk about those a little bit. We may have to take a break in the middle of it, but I want to just at least get started. You, you mentioned four, uh, five of those, and, and uh, one of those was purification and control of the physical body, and then transformation and control of the emotional body, illumination and control of the mental body, and then renunciation of personality life and mastery. And so those are evolutionary stages. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you've said about I don't want to stop on the sort of elimination and control of the mental body. What do you mean by that? Control of the no, mental body. No, I didn't body. say elimination of. Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, not elimination. Illumination. I'm sorry if I said oh, that wrong. Illumination. Yeah. Yes, really. Can, well, yes. these are really stages of initiation, if you will. Um, deep inner processes. This isn't something that is initiation you receive outwardly from someone. I'm talking about the inner stages of spiritual growth and unfoldment. And... Sometimes you work on, you know, two of them at once, but basically we have to get to the point of having our soul, our highest self, illuminate all aspects of our being, our thoughts, our emotions, our physical body, so that all of it can work together. And what we're talking about here is the integration of our personality, physical, emotional, mental. So everything is working together so that your your feelings are going in the same direction as your body. You know, if you want to do one thing but your body's walking off in the other direction or doing something that you don't feel good about, then you're not integrated. If your thoughts or your beliefs are in one direction but your feelings are in another, again, it's not integrated. You're, you're sort of conflicted within yourself. You're self-sabotaging. The idea is to have all aspects of your being working together harmoniously so that, you know, whatever you say you're going to do, you can do. You follow through. You're very good with follow through. You're very responsible for, um, you know, what you give your word to. You are um, able to carry things out and do a good job at them because all aspects of your being are working together. That's an integrated personality. What we see in the world, many integrated personalities, very effective in the world, the next step is the soul. 
the yeah. next. Okay. Group. Well, we're going to come back and talk some more, just a little bit more about that after the break. Stay tuned for our last segment with Corrine McLaughlin. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Mark your calendar for the Institute of Noetic Sciences 14th Biennial Conference, Noetic 2.0, Tools and Technologies for a World Transforming, July 20th to the 24th at the Weston Market Street Hotel in the heart of San Francisco. Deepak Chopra, Edgar Mitchell, Joanna Macy, and others will help you navigate a world transforming. Registration is now open and space is limited. So sign up now to join the ION's global community in July 2011. For more information, go to www.noetic.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment with Corinne McLaughlin, co-author of The Practical Visionary, talking about um, how we can increase our own consciousness or build awareness into our lives so that we can not only bless ourselves with that awareness but also give to the to the world and help raise global consciousness worldwide and uh so i want to before we go any further i want to give corinne you an opportunity to uh talk just a little bit about your how our listeners can connect with you and your work yes well they can go to my website which is thepracticalvisionary.org thepracticalvisionary and that's all the information on our new book. It's got videos and excerpts from the book, endorsements. And also our main website for the nonprofit that I direct, the Center for Visionary Leadership. And the website there is visionary, 
lead, L-E-A-D, dot org. So there's lots of information there. Um, upcoming, I'm doing a book party on Practical Visionary, many talks around the country, a visionary leadership training if you're out on the West Coast or would like to come out for it, uh, beginning March 19th and 20th, because I like to help people bring more practicality to their vision and more vision to their leadership so that I like to help people manifest their dreams, their visions. That's, that's the work that I'm engaged in currently. And I'm also starting a new blog, which you will see up beginning probably tomorrow, which is visionaryinsights.wordpress.com. And that will be up. You can check that out and subscribe if you'd like regular articles and blogs from me. So I invite you to be part of this and um, check out our work because there's a lot of content on our website, a lot of articles, a lot of interviews, various things that I think you'll find inspiring and helpful tools. And our current book is The Practical Visionary, A New World Guide to Spiritual Growth and Social Change. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. That gives our, our listeners a follow-up that they can go and sort of check out what you're doing and and maybe engage in some of your activities as well. So um, I want to talk just a little bit before we uh, check out today. I want to talk a little bit about engaging the chakras for to raise your consciousness awareness. How do well, we do that? Well, what I talk about in the Practical Visionary, because I'm talking about how do you manifest your vision, how do you bring it into the world, Many of your listeners may know that we have energy centers on an inner level, on the etheric level, that are also called chakras in the Eastern traditions. And they're the place that energy comes in and also goes out, radiates out to the world. And so I begin by asking people to get in touch with their vision at their what's called the crown chakra, the top of the head, where Energy is received from the spiritual dimensions. And so by focusing there and asking about your vision, you can receive inspiration from your soul, your highest self. And then the next step is to bring it through what's called the Ajna Center or the Brow Center right in the middle of your forehead. And you shape your vision mentally into clear ideas and goals. That's really about shaping these wonderful inspiration, making it something more tangible, concrete. Then you bring the energy down, and again, you do it through a visualization, and there's more information in the book. You bring it down into your throat center to communicate it creatively um, and create clarity about what you want to bring into the world. Communication is so key today, as we know. (laughs) And then the next step is to develop good relationships through your heart center, And this is really key for any kind of leadership or new endeavor or whatever we're doing is that horizontal connection and listening to and appreciating other people. It's really the heart center. The next step is to bring it down into your solar plexus center. This is right at your navel, um, that energy center, which is feelings and passion and enthusiasm. If you don't have enthusiasm there then your work is not going to be as effective in the world. And as I'm going through this, just be aware of what level, what center seems like it could use more focus or support or energy. 
The next one is to bring it down through the sexual center, which I don't need to tell you where that is. And it's not only about sexual expression, it's also about money. And, you know, Madison Avenue knows this. Advertisers know this. They use sex to sell things all the time. But it's also about attracting resources to support your vision. It's also about vitality and the magnetism that will be attractive. And lastly, the last chakra is to bring it down into what's called the root chakra at the base of the spine, the energy center that's about practicality, sustainable survival, you know, really the practical strategies in the world. You ground your vision. You bring it down to earth through the root center. And that's where you feel a sense of security and stability in the world. And so, you know, each of these centers is really important. We talk about the interconnection of everything. Um, many times spiritual people just want to focus on the heart center up, you know, the higher chakras. Other people in the world that are successful personalities, successful in business or in, you know, in, in their lives and in many ways, they're a well-known celebrity, whatever, they may be very integrated as a personality. All those lower chakras work together very well, very effectively, but they're not bringing their spirit, their vision, their heart into their effectiveness in the world. You know, they have, they're clever, they're smart, but they're in touch with their power, and the power center is that solar plexus, emotional center. But you've got to bring them all together, and that's what I teach. That's my work with visionary leadership training. Right, right. So as a person is meditating, then they might be able to actually do some of what you've just talked about, sort of imagining that. And you've talked a little bit about those kind of meditations in the book. And and so these uh, centers of conscious awareness, if we if we what you're saying is there's a synthesis necessary there too between the upper and the lower chakras, is yes. that right? Yes, we want to love all parts of ourselves. They're all spiritual. They just have different purposes. It's bringing spirit into matter, bringing together all aspects of our being. That's really the work, and that's why I like to encourage people to have some quiet time to be in touch with these different aspects of yourself. And that will make you more effective in the world if you want to create social change or create a new business or bring your vision out so it can help the world in some way if each of us has a higher purpose. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Corrine. This is the end of our show today. I appreciate you being here and talking with our listeners about your book, The Practical Visionary. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And next week we're going to have a special treat. We're going to be, get to talk to James Redfield about the final of the insights, his latest book, The Twelfth Insight. You really don't want to miss that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.